Should Utah football have inserted Brandon Rose into the game at quarterback against Northwestern with Bryson Barnes struggling so mightily? And who would other Utah football players going to enter the transfer portal? Plus, what should Utah have done to shake up their offensive line in the bowl game? All that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown YouTube our first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with all of you in the YouTube comments, as well as on various social media platforms, such as X, where you can follow our show at Locked On Utes. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is JT Wistersil, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, I'm going to be talking about which players I think could have the potential to enter the transfer portal and also talk about that bowl offensive line, how I think the offensive line should have shooken out based on the uh, not great performance we saw from the Utah offensive line up front, but have to start with uh, what was one of the biggest conversations during and after the Las Vegas Bowl was, should Brandon Rose have played over Bryson Barnes? Now, if we're doing the quick timeline rewind back in the spring, Brandon Rose and Bryson Barnes were both competing at the time for what we thought was the Utah back quarterback job, which had some intrigue in terms of, hey, one of these guys might have to play against Florida, maybe against Baylor. But maybe we were too, right? But after that, I was like, then Campbell get healthy. Like, what a wild time that was <laughs> based on how things ended up turning out throughout the season, of course. Um, and Brandon was really good in the spring. He won the job. They had said that he had a slight edge even going into fall camp. Now, unfortunately, over the course of fall camp, and I feel like this is something that a lot of fans did forget. I've talked about it a few times on my show. Brandon would go on to get hurt in one of the scrimmages and miss a lot of time. But what I'm talking about, what people forgot was, Bryson had already started to make up ground on Brandon Rose. They had talked about during fall camp because Brandon was turning it over a little bit much. That's where those were coaches put out by coach Whittingham at the time saying they, that brand that Bryson had made his way back into that race. And if I, I've said it multiple times, just with how coach Whittingham is when it comes to trusting quarterbacks and the ball security and all those kind of things. And just once again, trust being so huge because he doesn't want his quarterbacks to turn the ball over. I still believe had Brandon Rose not gotten hurt that Bryson Barnes would have started that game against Florida. And I still think they would have done the similar thing with the Nate Johnson package because Nate Johnson is an incredible athlete. He has to see the field, right? And he obviously excelled in various times for Utah throughout the season and other times did not, just like Bryson Barnes did not, particularly in the Las Vegas Bowl. So Bryson did not play well. Brandon Rose was not put in the game. Coach Witt said, like, leading up to the game that, you know, Brandon was potentially, if they needed him, he was someone they could maybe turn to and that's what he had said at the time. But then when asked about it post-game about Brandon Rose and his availability, this is what he told the media. And this comes to us from Josh Furlong of KSL.com, his Twitter feed. He put that he's just not ready to do that yet. Talk about him playing. He's just not grasping the offense in the decision-making. He's still learning at this stage. 
his learning stage. He's got a lot of things going for him. He's got a big arm, and he moves around pretty good. So it's not indicative of where he could be at at some point in time, but he's just not ready to be thrust in there right now. So that is what Coach Whittingham said about Brandon Rose. And understandably, because of how much Bryson was struggling, those two interceptions were brutal. There were several other missed reads and throws, as we dove into on yesterday's show, that really cost this Utah offense. That uh, There was an argument to be made that Brandon Rose should have entered the game. But Coach Whittingham said he wasn't ready. And look, as much as look, Utah's had some issues as of late with bowl games, and they've even in the past, right? Obviously, Cam, they've mismanaged quarterback situations. Cam Rising should have been the starter in 2020, excuse me, in 2021. But Charlie Brewer was a starter. Now, give Charlie Brewer for whether that was him just beating Cam out or whatever the circumstances may be. He was the guy, and then Cam passed him up and and did it like that. So that was one that Utah, if they could have gone back in time, obviously they would have rather started Cam from the jump. And, you know, in an ideal world, to get off to a better start than you did losing to both BYU and San Diego State back then. But obviously that was a very different situation, too, because Brandon suffered his injury. You know, there was still never an exact official thing put on it as far as I can remember back to as well. We just know it was uh, an injury that ruled him out for some time. He was able to return in practice. But even once he got back, the coaches said that they didn't think Brandon was going to be able to be a main consistent guy for them throughout the season because they just felt like he'd missed too much time catching back up, getting back up to full speed, getting back up to strength. And look, I believe they had the entire bowl preparation time and practice time from you know, when they found out they were playing Northwestern and everything, that, that week, couple-week period where you're at practice, you're watching, and if the coaches felt like Brandon Rose wasn't ready, I'm going to trust them. As I said, they made the wrong decision back on the Charlie Brewer-Cam Rising thing, but this one's a little different. Bryson had been the guy that, the entire season. For the most part, he played really well. I could be missing a game. From what I saw, this was the worst game Bryson played. There's a reason Utah barely threw the ball because of how much he was mightily struggling in this one. Even in a game like the Oregon game, where the Utah offensive line didn't have a lot going on, but like he still made nice throws. Like I think his best throw was either to one time he hit one of the tight ends. It wasn't Landon King. I think it was Noah Benny, but he also entered the portal. So I'm trying to remember the timeline of that, but I think it was Noah Benny. I'm trying to remember which tight end it was. But the other thing was he had one other nice throw to Minier McLean. But those were both like they were fine. And then a lot of screen passes. Like the passing game just wasn't there for Utah. And Bryson just it wasn't going for Utah. And there were so many times throughout the season where Utah had moments where the passing game popped. A huge part of the reason it didn't in the bowl game? No Devon Bailey. As we discussed, Utah desperately missed their top wide receiver, a team that's never been top heavy on receivers in general. So Brandon Rose did some really nice things for this team in spring ball, but obviously the momentum wasn't there in fall camp. We already mentioned that he started to lose grip on that backup job with Bryson gaining up on him during fall camp. And Look, as much as maybe could, would it have been worth it for Utah to shake it up? Yeah, but let's also remember something very important about Brandon Rose. With as good as he looked during the spring, he has zero live game reps, and that has to matter. Even the first time the coaches threw Bryson in there, at the time he didn't have the live game reps, but man, what an impression he made against Ohio State in that Rose Bowl a few years ago. Brandon, maybe you could make an argument he should have deserved an opportunity like that, but the coaches trusted Batari over him, and maybe they were being a little too conservative, but... Also, they are the ones who see him every single day in practice. This is a coaching staff that has delivered us two, two Pac-12 championships in the last few years. I just – I tend to trust them. I think Brandon Rose will get his time, get his opportunity. I expect him to be Cam Rising's backup quarterback. If Cam gets hurt at some point during the 2024 season, I expect to see Brandon Rose take the reins of this offense. It sounds like he was close. Obviously had it in spring ball, 
was close during fall camp, but had the injuries that took it away from him. He, once again, he's close. He wasn't there quite yet now, but give him a year. He's going to make those leaps and improvements, and he's going to be there. Expect him to be the guy we see mostly during spring ball, and I expect him to be the backup come fall camp. I do think the coaches made the right decision with sticking with Bryson in this game because throughout the season, he'd been the guy. He just really struggled in this one, but I, I think they see Brandon Rose every day in practice. He must have been struggling or not put it all there. Yet, just because of the injury, the timeline, there's a number of things that could have factored into it, things that are always hard to dissect because where you don't see every single throw in practice and things of that nature like the coaches do and don't get to dive over the practice film. But I trust the coach's decision. And, yeah, as much as I wish the Utah offense had played better, I, I don't think Brandon Rose would have been the guy who would have changed things up because Utah still had other issues, offensive lines we're going to dive into in the final segment even more. So, yeah, I think they made the right decision to stick by Bryson, even though it didn't end up going well in general for the bowl game. So Utah lost that game, and now they don't play again until August 29th versus Southern Utah when they kick off in the 2024 season. But before that game, Kyle Whittingham had said that he expected more game, more players post the bowl game to enter the transfer portal. Let's take a look at who some of those players potentially could be in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes in our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And speaking of some NFL bets, we got a great NFL matchup this week when the Miami Dolphins travel to the Ravens and take on the Baltimore Ravens. I want the win by Baltimore. Lamar Jackson made his case maybe the leader for the MVP right now. I want to see Christian McCaffrey win, but, you know, apparently we have to give it to a quarterback either way. But Lamar is going to host Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins coming to town. Currently, the Ravens favored by three and a half right now. And you know what? I I'm going back and forth on this one, but I don't I don't I think the Ravens will win, but I kind of like Miami as a sneaky cover in this one, three and a half. I just think all those talented playmakers, obviously Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, what they're doing, Raheem Mostert has been fantastic for them in terms of finding his way to the end zone. And I like Mike McDaniels, what he does, even though the Ravens got some nice players, I would personally take the Dolphins to cover the three and a half spin. But if you want to get in on more NFL bets, that's exactly what you should do at FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, talk about some transfer portal things for Utah. Look, this roster is very talented. They return a lot of players. They're one of the teams that, and I know some of you might be like, oh, they're so talented. They just lost to Northwestern. They once again won eight games. I should have looked this up coming into the show. There's only a select few programs that have won eight or more games as many years in a row as Utah has, and that's a credit to the coaching staff and the depth of this team that has stuck together with a lot of the players who still helped this team win that Pac-12 championship, the first one back in 2021 coming back, and a lot of them that helped them win in 2022 also coming back for this next year. So this team is deep and, you know, they've even gotten some other transfers already, right? Like an Anthony Woods, who I think is going to make it a difference for this team next year at running back. Like we're going to see transfers. And I think when you talk about like who else went under the portal, I think you go to running back, right? Because here's the thing. Woods didn't transfer into Utah going, yep, I'm going to be the fourth string guy. He, he came in here must thinking he has a chance to compete for the starting role and be one of the guys. And I think he does. Now, here's the thing. Utah, in my opinion, has four starting caliber college football running backs. Jaquindon Jackson, who was fantastic and Utah's best running back at the moment based on what he did in the bowl game. Makai Bernard, who at full strength is also there. Jalen Glover, who did a number of nice things and showed improvement throughout the year. And Anthony Woods. I don't know if any of those guys will transfer before spring ball. 
But I just can't see a world in today's college football where all four of those guys are be going to be like, yeah, let's compete for carries come the fall season. I think that understandably so those guys will go, I'm a starting back. I deserve starter carries. I'm going to go somewhere else. I expect one of the four names and Woods just transferred to Utah. So it's not going to be him, but one of Jaquindon, Jalen or Mackay. And I don't think it'll be Mackay. So we already heard the Jaquindon rumors. Those got quiet. So I don't know, maybe it'll be Jalen by process of elimination, but also he might want to stay. He loves Utah. I don't know, but I just have a hard time seeing all four of those running backs staying at Utah and begin the 2024 season. They're all capable of being starters. And I think they'll desire that role. So running back is the first position I look at when you're talking about transfers. After running back, we know the quarterback position for Utah has already been picked apart. I'm not expecting anything there. Receiver-wise, we already saw Mikey leave. I do expect Muneer McLean to stay and Money Parks too as well, but those are both guys that I could definitely see the potential of them being like, ah, you know what? I, I think that I'm I, I think that I want an opportunity to be involved in more of a pass-heavy offense. I could see that, but their numbers aren't exactly eye-popping either. So I don't know if that's going to be the case for them where they're going to have endless opportunities throughout the portal to be able to go to potentially, but is a situation where I think those guys will return as well. You know, looking at some other positions, cornerback for Utah, we've already seen a number of guys transfer out of the secondary. I don't, I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, this guy's for sure going to leave. I could see more departures, but you never know. Defensive line-wise, I mean, I could see a world where a guy like a Chase Kennedy maybe decides that I want to be a starter somewhere and doesn't see a path to playing time instantly. You have, when you look at who's coming back, John Ellis, as of this moment, still hasn't left Utah. The more I think about, the more I think he probably will, just because of his NFL opportunity, he could very well have. But Van Fillinger, Connor O'Toole, Logan Fano, and that leaves Kennedy competing with a uh, John Henry Daly to kind of be that fourth the end. But even last year, we saw Utah really only ever play three. So that's where that becomes challenging. I do believe Connor O'Toole is going to have a, a just an incredible year next year overall. I'm expecting, I'm expecting big things out of him, and I think that he's a – there's some really cool things that he's going to be capable of accomplishing with this team. Also keeping it rolling from there. I think some other guys that I think have a chance to potentially move on uh, D tackle wise. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a guy like a by Mahi or Tavita Fotu desire a starting role somewhere. Cause obviously they're not that with this Utah team at this exact moment. But I do think just in general that, this is a situation for Utah where those guys seem happy. So maybe they'll want to stay and they will see playing time. So maybe they very well will stay linebacker wise. Sioni Fotu kind of left that cryptic tweet, but he's not in the portal. So maybe he will end up saying Hayden Fury. Maybe he wants more of a role because once we know Lander Barton gets back, there's not a ton of playing time opportunity wise for him. So that will be something that will be just interesting to see and, Kind of bear in mind in general. Outside of that, I think linebacker-wise for Utah, most of the other guys here, I see staying still. When you look at the offensive line for Utah, I, this is where I think things get interesting. Like, one of the tackles is going to transfer, I, to me, just because you're bringing in talented recruits like a Garcia. I think is going to stay. I think a Caleb Loma will stay. But, like, one of a Zero Williams – guy or Falcon Calmatule. There's not going to be playing time for all those guys. Jaron Comp, you can rope into that as well, even though he's an interior guy at this point. Those guys are going to want to play. Maybe they'll stick it out through spring ball, compete for an opportunity, and then make the decision and move on from there. But at this exact moment, I don't see any of those guys 
going off at the moment, as I said, but I eventually do think that that we'll see those guys end up departing and and one of the guys, once again, just who wants doesn't want to start, see those playing time, all those kind of things like that. So those are uh, things I see happening there. But looking at it from that standpoint, some offensive linemen are going to move on. I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like a uh, – oh, I can't believe I'm breaking on his name right now. Um, mm, Johnny Maia. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Johnny Maia is a guy we all thought he was going to start. Maybe if Utah is going to run it back. And as I said yesterday's show too, every this should be an open, open competition for everyone. But if Coley ends up being the starter again, Maia may want to be the starter somewhere else. And I think that would make a lot of sense. So that's another one to keep in mind. We already talked about the quarterbacks, talked about the running backs. Going through my list of all the positions here. Safeties, maybe we could see another one. I don't know. Doesn't it feel like we already kind of watched all that position leave? Tight end-wise, I don't know. I feel like everyone else, we already saw a couple of tight end departures. Mickey Sukutraga is a name, potentially just if he's not happy as a tight end anymore, he wants to go be more of a, go back to D-end. But I don't know. Maybe he's he likes the position and maybe he just likes it enough at Utah where he wants to say, Outside of that, we know Emory Simmons is off to the NFL. He announced after the bowl game, really disappoint. Uh, bummer for him and Utah that that whole just didn't didn't work out this year. Could definitely see another one of the receivers departing to be more of a pass happy offense, as I mentioned. But yeah, that's kind of my rundown of the who I think could potentially transfer. Do you think other guys will transfer slash go off to the NFL? NFL wise, like I mentioned, and Ellis has a high probability. Outside of Ellis, I don't see anyone else NFL bound, but. That's one of those things, too. You just never know how it's going to shake out. So we'll be interesting to kind of monitor and uh, and see what happens there. And, uh, yeah, but let me know below who you guys think is going to transfer. Also, let me know about the whole Brandon Rose situation. What do you think Utah should have done with that? Do you think he should have played? Do you like this talk with Bryce and Barnes, even though it didn't work out in the bowl game? So let me know below there. And I do want to talk about, speaking of just kind of the bowl game in general, I do want to talk about something relating to Utah's offensive line in a moment. But first – want to talk to you guys and then by the offensive line shake on how I believe they should have shooken it up and how they, what they should have done to try to maximize their talents in the Las Vegas bowl. We're going to be diving into that one moment after we have to talk to you about one of our sponsors of today's locked on Utes in one moment. And that sponsor is our glorious friends at UCCU. Learn in the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Alrighty, closing today's show out with some offensive line talk. I do not believe the offensive line was managed correctly in the bowl game, and I'm going to talk about some changes I feel like Utah should have made in the bowl game in general. I think the number one thing is Spencer Fano should have absolutely stayed at left tackle for Utah. I understand that Utah was trying to put their best combination of five out there, and they felt more comfortable moving Fano over to the right side. He did play right tackle all of his last year at high school, but 
It's his freshman year. He spent so much time working on the left side. I do believe that is where Utah should have left him for this bowl game. And I think they made a mistake by deciding to switch him to the right side where he was up and down. And we know Tongai struggled mightily in the game. So I think Fano should have stayed at left tackle. Look, replacing Keaton Bills, he was really good. I got no issue with Kump there, I, even though he did really disappointed. But I don't know who else they would have thrown in there. Would I have – maybe, I don't know, maybe you throw Johnny May in there. That's actually maybe what I would have done. Like just – but I don't know how he knows the guard position. That's what also makes this tough. But just me, strictly speaking, of like getting your best five out there, I might have put a Johnny Maia in there. Maybe they wanted to keep the medical red shirt, but he'd missed enough games, so they probably would have been able to do that regardless, just like the whole Brandon Rose thing. So if it was up to me, I would go – Fano at left tackle, Maya at left guard. I'm fine with Coley staying at center. He was pretty good, a little up and down. We kind of mentioned Mokafisi. He was a starter all season. He was going to start at right guard, even though he had some issues in this game as he did all year. Hence the reason I said every offensive line spot should be open come the time that fall camp rolls around. Or right, just in spring ball, these guys should be competing for it. Then the right tackle spot, this is tough. Would Tongai have done better on the right side? Probably not. Would Falcon Kalmatule have done better? He struggled when he was put in a guard, so I don't know. Zero Williams, like, I don't know. That's that's where it's tough. Maybe a Caleb Lomu. Maybe he's the guy that maybe you trot him out there. Was he ready? I don't know again. So that's where this is tough. But if it was my call, just based on how tall, I would have start, started with Tongai, then put in Falcon maybe if he struggled. But definitely, for sure, I feel confident in what I would do with the first four, as I said. I would have gone Fano left tackle, Maia left guard, if, assuming he knows the position enough. Coley at center, Mokafisi at right guard, and then just for the sake of this, started with Tongai at right tackle, and Falcon, Kalmatule have him rotate in, even though both those guys did not look fantastic in the minutes they saw in the Las Vegas Bowl, as we highlighted. But be interesting to see what Jim Harding and this offensive line do, retooling and rebooting as they try to get ready for the 2024 season, have a bounce back offensive line year. This was not one of the elite offensive lines in college football as they kind of had been the last few years. Utah didn't run the ball with the same success as they did in years past. And a large part of that was because of offensive line issues. So excited to see this group get back. They were never bad. I do want to make that clear. Never or they weren't bad like for the entirety of games, but they weren't as good as we were used to seeing. It wasn't it wasn't like every week where like Bryson's got no time. Like, they were by no means in the structure of the match where they call Colorado's a lot, but definitely could have been better and definitely hurt Utah at various points throughout the season. So interested to see how Jim Harding and the group end up shaking up their offensive line come spring ball and especially come fall camp. That is going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Youth. We will be back with you tomorrow talking more things in Utah football, specifically how Utah is going to try to resolve their bowl issue that they have currently going on right now because they haven't won a bowl game in a few years. We'll talk about why that is and how they can try to fix it on tomorrow's show. We'll see you then.